Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast. It's our 75th episode. Again, I'm joined by Andy, our tech guy at GPS Training. So welcome, Andy, to a slightly late August GPS Training Podcast. Yeah, it is. We've been busy. <laughs> I think that's it, really. I think we've been we've been so busy um, over the last few weekends and weeks. We've just had not a chance to sit down, but Andy, it's time to sit down, catch up, put the world to rights. Yeah. Have you been up to much then? Training courses. I've been down to Gloucester, um, Satmap and Garmin course. I've been doing lots of running, as you know, training for various things. And I've been getting some physio on my leg because I've got a bit of a dodgy injury that's nearly cured, I think. Back out again on Saturday. Back out. I can recommend a cold tin. A tin in the freezer rolled on the sole of your foot for the injury I've got anyway. It's solved it. So that's what my physio recommended. So I've been, they've been laughing at me at work. I've been sitting with a frozen tin of soup, I think it is, underneath my desk, rolling my foot on it. But uh, just about ready to go again. Very good. And we'll also say a big thank you to everybody who commented or got in touch after the last mid-month podcast. As you know, we spoke to Andy about his Spine Challenger walk and we got some really good comments. I know you've actually been responding to those comments yeah. when you were away on course. I saw you've been responding. So thanks very much yeah, for that feedback and it is very much appreciated. So on this month's podcast, we're going to discuss one year. The GPS training free route planning software is one year old uh, this week. We're going to discuss magnetic bands, ABBA watches, and how they can affect outdoor GPS units. We're going to look at using a Phoenix for both walking, hiking, and hiking and cycling. And then we're going to answer the big old question, what's going on at SatMap? And then finally, we have Andy's top tips. So without further ado, let's get on with this month's GPS training podcast. First thing is the GPS training free route planning software. It's one year since we put this in place. So first of all, I need to just quickly explain to everybody what the free route planning software is and what uh, units it will work with. Yeah, so on our homepage of our website, gpstraining.co.uk, there's a little link at the top that says OS Planner, Ordnance Survey Planner. When you click on that link, you get taken to an online map that initially shows Rothbury. As we know, Rothbury is the centre of Great Britain. <laughs> and um, basically, it's, it gives you the ability online, so you don't need to be using the internet, to view Ordnance Survey maps of both 1 to 50 and 1 to 25 scale for anywhere in Great Britain. So it's just for Great Britain. And in a nutshell, it's a very easy to use software to plan a walking, hiking route, um, could be a cycling route, but it doesn't snap to the roads. You're basically just drawing lines on a map of where you want to go to then save to your computer to transfer to either a Garmin handheld GPS device, a Garmin watch that is compatible with GPX files, and also a SatMap GPS device. Really any device that is compatible with GPX, the format that we download the routes in. And the key thing is there is even if you've got 150,000 maps on your unit or even top of active mapping, you can still have the ability to plan those routes on, on 125,000 mapping. Yeah, it? so when you zoom in on the map page, it changes from a 1 to 50 scale to the more detailed Explorer maps, the 1 to 25 scale. Um, I find them pretty high resolution, the maps. Of course, you're using your computer screen. Potentially there's other devices I know we're going to talk about, but you're looking at it on a big screen. One thing I really like that I don't think we've mentioned that much, but 
I don't know how often they get updated. It's not a figure I know off the top of my head, but I know certainly when you look at some of the map cards we may have on a device where, you know, things do change, paths get moved because of erosion and what have you, the maps seem to get updated fairly often on that digital version. So I've noticed where I've got a path, say, on one of my devices where it's showing it. Um, I've got an example of the Lake District where we've got a path that goes right along by the river, but on our planner, we only talked about a small diversion, but it's up to it's been updated. So it's nice actually to use it to plan, knowing that the route you're planning is going to have the most up-to-date map that really we can get. Mm -hmm. We actually stream straight off the OS server it does. So actually we, uh, we have to uh, yeah, we pay OS for that and it streams it straight off their server. Um, and uh, yeah, they actually contacted me this week about it actually. So yeah, it's, that's, that's where the map comes. So again, as soon as they're updated with the, uh, the server on the OS, um, we'll also get the updates. That's, I suspect that's why we're yeah. getting those quicker updates. And it's, I mean, we've mentioned it's for planning routes. It does actually have a little function and we do show this on the videos under underneath the planner there's free videos to watch that show you how to use it you can actually import a gpx file into it to view another gpx file from somewhere else if it's been done as a route wherever you're importing it from you can actually re-edit it on our software if it's a track unfortunately you can't edit it but it does you know it's not just for planning it does let you import gpx files from other sources as well very good and what i put down here is the five top questions we get asked about the os plan we deliver a lot of courses people ask us questions people email us all the time so the first question that we always get asked is why is it free because <laughs> so we're nice people <laughs> and we like to give you something back um no, I get asked that all the time because, you know, we've got this wonderful software, uh, you know, planning software that is really easy to use with Ordnance Survey Maps of the whole country. Why is it free? Yeah, why, why is it free? I'm asking you that oh, right. why is it free? <laughs> um, It's not free because I know it's one year because I've just had to pay another bill not, for yeah. it. <laughs> um, yeah, Customers the, get yeah, it for the, free. The, the reason, uh, the ethos behind it, if people don't know, is I kind of got this through the business as a, a marketing budget. So I kind of said, right, let's create a honeypot. Let's create a, what they call a purple cow in the world of marketing, something completely different that people will use our website for. So we actually put it through as a marketing budget. It is a significant amount of money. It is many thousands of pounds per year to run it. Um, we've agreed initially a three-year um, agreement and then we'll reassess it after three years or so one year in it's got another two years and then we'll assess what we do at the moment it's actually achieving it's all its objectives our second most visited page on the website um, it brings people in and also I think it gives you you guys our customers the ability to plan on 125,000 mapping and then overlay it on whatever mapping that you've got on there so it gives you a lot of flexibility it also gives us some sustainability that actually if other software packages vanish i'm not yeah. going to say they will do but garmin base camp or expedition 2 we do have something uh, going forward i know on your sat map course at the start of this weekend you solely taught on this software didn't yeah you? i had a sat map course where the customers weren't using they hadn't used any planning software so it was all new to them they hadn't used the sat map expedition which you do have to pay for for os maps and one of the customers had used expedition and was paying but was thinking Mm, I don't have to pay again for this because you've got this free one. Um, and I think they just found it really easy to use. When I did the demonstration, it was, ah, is that all you have to do? So for simply, you know, probably better for off-road routes, that's what we tend to use it for. For your mountain biking, your walking, hiking, trail riding, it's brilliant and just dead easy. Mm -hmm, brilliant. Next question we get asked, how do I download it? The answer is you don't download it. You do it on in your web browser, isn't it? So it's the most common question people say, well, I, if you're obsessed with thinking you have to download everything, you don't download it. 
you 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 do it within in the web yeah, browser. You have to be online. Like there's other third party softwares out there that you pay subscriptions to that you have to you have to be online to be using it. So it's no different other than it's free. Um, but you do have to be online. You're not physically, as John says, downloading the program. You're, you're planning from our site. You do download your routes. We don't save your routes. A customer did actually ask me, can you see the routes that we're planning? Can you see what we're doing as a privacy thing? We can't. We can't see anything that you're doing regarding what you're planning. So when you actually plan a route, you are physically downloading that route, not to our cloud or server, but to your computer. Yeah, that's brilliant. So you download it onto there. Other people ask the question about, can it make it full screen? You can't make it full screen. This is the size of what it was. Again, going back to the first question is, how do we pay for this? We use it as a marketing tool, and therefore we need it embedded within the website so that we could, we could have produced a full uh, page version, uh, but we wanted it as a as a marketing tool. Therefore, that's the way it is. Um, I mean, if you're using the where you can zoom and make your own web browser screen bigger, which I know you certainly can on a Windows computer, you can make your view instead of a hundred percent, one hundred and twenty percent. Potentially, you could. Yeah. Do you know, I never thought that. So you can do that on a Mac as well, can't you? Because in the browser, yeah. you can just zoom into... Someone asked yeah, me that the other week, so I showed that. Really so I know on a Windows, I'm using Windows 11 at the minute, the very top right of your browser, you've got um, a little icon you click on and it says zoom in yeah. is one of the options and you can zoom in a little bit. So you can make it bigger yeah. that way. That's brilliant. So next question we get, how do I get the GPX files on my GPS watch stroke unit? Andy, how do they do that? Two ways, um, if you're using the software on a computer, and I'll stick with the handheld devices for the minute, so if you're using something like a Garmin, it could be a GPS Map 65, it could be an older device like an Oregon, um, or you're using a SatMap Active 20, we simply, when we've planned the route, if you're doing it on a computer, you download that GPX file to your computer. So once you finish the route on our planning software, there's a bit where you click, uh, you rename it, and then you click download GPX goes to the downloads on your computer and I simply show my videos copy and pasting that into a file, um, a folder, sorry, a specific folder on your handheld GPS device. That's the first way. The second way is, doesn't matter what you've planned on, I know we're going to cover other devices on our next point, but whether it be on a computer or a slightly different device, you've planned the route, you download it to the device you're planning on, you then potentially email it to yourself and if you're using a Garmin device so this is how I'd recommend you do it on a Garmin watch if you've got a Garmin watch such as a Phoenix or an Instinct watch that we sell two of the ranges that are compatible um, with GPX files or the Epix watch I would email myself the file from whatever I've planned on and then I open the file using the Garmin Connect app and I simply Bluetooth it across from the Garmin Connect app as a course to my Phoenix watch, my Instinct watch, my Epix watch. Now there is some of the handheld devices, the Montana 700, 750 range and the GPS map 66 and 86 range where you can actually send them via the Garmin Connect app as well. So you can use our planner, email yourself the GPX file and then you open it with the Garmin Connect app and Bluetooth it across. The really handy thing that if you're away on holiday, you've got to take a USB cable with you and you've got one of those compatible devices, as I said, you can just email yourself that GPX yeah. file or something like that, can't so you? So even, I know it sounds daft, even on a computer where you think, well, actually, I might as well just plug in my GPS mm. device, you suddenly go, ah, I've lost my USB cable, I haven't brought it with us. As long as you've got one of the ranges I've mentioned of handhelds, you can then just email it to yourself 
and Bluetooth it using the Garmin Connect app. And that's how we'd always recommend you do it when you're using one of the compatible Garmin watches. That's brilliant. And there's training videos as well. So again, you've got the route planning at the top of that page and you rightly described how to get there. And underneath there's some training videos and, and they're all one time. have got videos on how you transfer it yeah, directly underneath the planner. Next question is, can I use a tablet, Andy, to do the route planning software? See, I was dying to say that on the on the point <laughs> before. So um, it wasn't really designed to be used on a tablet. It's designed for a mouse click on a computer. But what we discovered was you, you are still going onto our website on a tablet to say you had an iPad or an Android tablet. As long as that tablet has Bluetooth functionality and you can use the Garmin Connect app on it, the reason I say that, that's the best way then to probably get it onto your um, onto your unit or as long as your tablet has the capability of email so you can then email it to your device that has the Garmin Connect app and the second thing is you need a mouse because it's not designed really for a touch screen you need a Bluetooth mouse paired with your tablet now I think on my example I used it was actually my wife's iPad that I brought in um, just a standard iPad mini if I remember rightly and I used a magic mouse just a wireless mouse with my wife's iPad that gave me the functionality of being able to click and mark the points and drag them because it wasn't designed for a touch screen and then I simply saved it to the downloads on the iPad now if the iPad had the Garmin Connect app on I could then use that to sync it with the compatible device if I wasn't using the tablet with Garmin Connect, I can then just on the tablet email myself the GPX file from the downloads of my tablet and do it from my phone. Now, bear in mind, if you are using a tablet, you are going to need to have either one of the compatible Garmin watches with Garmin Connect or your handheld device would need to be either the 66 86 GPS map range or the Montana 700s. So the older handheld units are the ones that don't work in that way. So even like a GPS map 65, you are going to have to use the USB cable to transfer it onto your unit. Very good. And then finally, there's been a couple of new features since we've been launched last year. So we're working all the time. We've actually got a developer who works on this all the time. And uh, yeah, some of the new things was reversing a route, wasn't it? That was a new feature that just came out recently. Yeah, so um, when you planned a route and then you see you suddenly went, ah, I meant to plan it the other direction. It might be a circular route and you've decided you want to do it in an opposite direction. What you can do on the software now, it's actually on a welcome screen at the minute, which might disappear at some stage. But when you first go on to the planner, you'll see a welcome screen that actually gives you an indication that there's a new feature called reverse route. You do need to close that welcome screen down to start using the software. But what you'll find when you start planning your route and clicking your points, you get the route properties box appear showing you how many points you've marked and giving you the option to delete those points. And at the top right of that properties box, there's a little up and down arrow. And when you hover over that up and down arrow, it simply says the word reverse route. So what I recommended, I showed customers on the weekend on a course, I created a circular route. I give it a name in this route properties box where it says new route. I typed in the name, but I actually typed in um east to west if I remember rightly so whatever the name of the route is e.w and then I downloaded it to the computer so I now had it downloaded to send to me GPS and then I simply clicked on the reverse route tool this little up and down arrow and then I renamed it slightly differently west to east and downloaded it so I could send both versions to my GPS device I know you can reverse routes on your device itself but sometimes it's just a quick way of well actually I've sent two versions to my unit so yes it has got the reverse route feature now mm -hmm. 
So that's it. So that's the GPS training free route planning software nicely summed up. So if you want to find out more and use the free Ordnance Survey route planning software, go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on OS Planner on the top menu bar. And again, enjoy using it. It's, it's been quite interesting on this here because we've tried to keep it as simple as possible, but have as much features as possible. We're, this is, it's, it's never going to be as comprehensive as basic. We don't want it. We want it to be really nice and simple. But again, no reversing routes and that kind of thing. We, we are working on it all the time. Yeah, really. I mean, we know some of the other softwares you do fancy things like the cutting roots down and snipping them in places. It's meant to be just a very simple to use. So we want, like John says, we want it to keep it very simple for just planning your own day walks, um, etc. You know, really easy to use. Very good. Next thing on the GPS Train podcast is magnetic bands, Apple Watches, and an outdoor GPS unit. So this all come from your course at the weekend. It's a bit of a backstory, Andy, why we got this on the podcast. What's well, actually, it happened a while ago, actually, before this weekend, and I sort of forgot about it. I was doing a course a few months ago where a customer had one of the smaller eTrex devices, and we'd all done the... Um, we tend to, It was an eTrex 32, if I remember, electronic compass so that means we've got a compass that we calibrate to make sure the map's lining up and orientating correctly when we're standing still and the customer had done that and then as we're walking they'd said ah it's pointing the wrong way it's pointing totally the opposite direction and we say point in the opposite direction i mean the map itself it's spun round what this customer had was a wrist i don't know if you've seen before runners often have these wrist devices where you can carry your phone on your wrist he had this sort of wrist device for his etrex 32 as soon as he took it off his wrist and i took the unit off him i thought it's pointing the right way i don't know what's happening here he put it back on his wrist device and then i just noticed i couldn't quite see what watch he had and but we discovered it was an apple watch and all we could suss out when he took his apple watch off his wrist and then put the device back in the wrist pouch I knew it was not going to be anything to do with the pouch. It was all working fine. We did have to recalibrate his compass, but I thought the Apple Watch is interfering with the electronic compass on the Garmin device. Thought nothing of it. This was a must have been a few months ago, and I'd forgot to even mention it. Course on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday was a Garmin course. Customer had a big Montana 700 unit. We all calibrate our compass. We're all walking along. And I was comparing my unit to the customers and I thought it was my unit initially I'd forgot to calibrate the compass because I, I could see a road ahead of myself um, on the customer's unit and not on mine. And then I realised actually no that road's behind us. So the customer's unit I just assumed hadn't calibrated the compass properly. So he recalibrated the compass on his Montana was working fine but then as soon as he started walking with it he said it spanned backwards again. And then I just happened to look at his wrist and he had a magnetic band, one of these bands you sort of get for, if you, I'm not saying the customer was suffering from arthritis, but it was that type of band where um, you get the magnets built into the band. So what we realised that every time he put the Garmin next to the band, it spun the, the map round that the electronic compass was interfered with. So what we had to do was take it away from the band and then recalibrate the compass and it cured the issue. So how near to the band did it have to be? Was it literally... It was pretty close to it, to be honest, you know, but the way he was walking with it, if you imagine the bands on yeah, his yeah. wrist, and it was his right hand, and he's holding his unit in his right hand, so and the band's right at the bottom of his wrist. So it's it's pretty close. So if you put it in his other hand, would it be okay? Then would you, e.g., I suppose you're you're a foot away from those magnets. But I suppose you just experiment and you'll see, see when it orientates. Yeah, I mean, on his other hand, it was absolutely fine. So he ended up just taking the band off. You know, the other thing that happened with the same unit, we haven't mentioned this, but actually 
five minutes later, I said, oh, it's done it again, what have I done? But he'd actually just taken a photograph with his phone and he had his, now I don't know whether it was an Android or iPhone, I don't think that matters too much, but his phone was sitting right underneath the GPS device. And as soon as he moved his phone away, it was fine. So just bear in mind, I mean, this is a Garmin, I'm gonna mention a sat map as well, something slightly different, but, so this is one we Saturday and Sunday course, magnetic band next to the unit and a phone sitting under it affected the compass. So that was sorted on that day, the customer knew what to do. Satmap course on the Monday, calibrated the Satmap units exactly the same as we do with Garmin. We're walking along with a Satmap unit. What the customer said to me was, my map's not turning at all. So it wasn't that it spun around, it just stopped orientating. Mm -hmm. So we turned the unit on and off, and recalibrated the compass, and it seemed to be fine, but then it did it again. Apple Watch. So this was a SatMap device. So I don't know if I'm assuming the SatMap device would get affected by your magnetic band as well. Apple Watch, as soon as he moved it away from his Apple Watch, it was fine, but we did have to recalibrate the compass. But was it okay with your Garmin watch or not? So interesting, I said, you know, I've had this happen yesterday and obviously today. I said, I'm just going to take your unit and put it on top of my Garmin Phoenix watch. Now, I can't promise you all the time and explain the differences. It's obviously to do with whatever magnetic fields coming off the Apple Watch. But when I sat the SatMap unit on top of my Phoenix watch, and because I knew we were going to talk about this, I've actually put a Montana device on top of my Phoenix watch earlier today. Doesn't seem to be affected. But for some reason, the Apple Watch, um, the magnetic band, and I mean, it was only the customer's phone. I must admit, I forgot to try my phone earlier. But when the customer's phone was underneath the device, it affected the electronic compass. So it's just to bear that in mind. So if anybody's um, seen this or experienced it, let us know. So we're hinting if we can find any other devices that are interfering with the electronic compass on GPS. But it, it, it's logically really, it's, it's taken, I never, I say, taken us years to come to this conclusion, but it's quite logical when you think about it. So again, if anybody's got any interesting experience in this, please do let us know. The next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is using your Phoenix for cycling, walking, hiking, and lots more to come. So if you've been getting our newsletter, you see we've started a series of videos which are going to be uploaded every other week. And um, there's three up there to date. And then we've got another five um, already recorded, which will be coming over the next 10 weeks here. So really, Andy, um, yeah, we were looking for a series of videos. Walk and Talk's been hugely popular. And we continue with that. We kind of thought, is there something else that we can kind of move on? So we had this idea of why don't we do a series of videos showing you the, I suppose, the navigation experience, the, well, you tell us, Andy, what, what, what's, the, yeah. what's the principles so of it? So Phoenix or Epic's watch the same. What we always get asked is, or, you know, a customer who's maybe thinking about buying something like a Phoenix or Epic's watch, uh, and they think it's just, you know, fitness, it's for the serious runner, the serious athlete. Now, we know the Phoenix and Epic watches and the Instinct watches give a lot of data, a lot of information about your health stats, and especially when you're running and doing those more high-intensity activities. But really, when you look at these watches, we do call them multi-activity watches. They are great for walking and hiking. They are great for cycling. Um, you're doing ultra events, whether it be a walking or running event. We know they're good for running and fitness. So it was really just to show the, the slight tweaks and differences when you're doing those different activities, why you might want to have different data screens. Were you aware of even those data screens that you could have? What do I want to do when I'm using a map, when I'm hiking with it? What might that change from when I'm running? And it was really just to give customers an idea that if you are doing these different activities, tweak the device to suit what you're doing um, examples i could give you just to give you an idea what the videos are about you're doing running and you're maybe training for an event so it could be an ultra event or just a running event you may know that in your head you need a certain target speed 
Um, it might be to do with heart rate zones, pace, things like that. You can set in the watch, you know, have data boxes that are showing you that sort of information. When you're hiking and walking, you're probably more interested about estimated time of arrival, distance to end of route. You want to see the map screen and um, you want to download GPX files to your watch to navigate with. So it was really just to show the very slight differences and tweaks that you make when you're doing different mm -hmm. activities. So say at the moment we're doing walk, cycling, walking and hiking. And then the next one is going to on the 17th of August is hiking with the navigation. So you're going to show the navigation experience. Um, we've done, say we've got, you've done a running one, ultra event, walk or run, which you've done. And then you've done a one tying it in with the in-reach device, haven't you? Oh yeah, so um, I mean the ultra one, um, I showed actually, I used the, the event that I did a few months ago, um, a few months ago, was it well, June? Yeah, yeah, the Montane Spine, how if you're doing an ultra event, the organizers might give you a GPX file. How do we get that on the watch and then use it for an ultra event? But yeah, right at the end of the videos, um, a lot of customers have bought Phoenix Watches Office and Epix Watches, and they've also got an in-reach device, which is our two-way communicator SOS device. And it's nice, it was just nice to show how the watch will pair with something like an in-reach device. So if you did have, unfortunately had an accident and you needed to get to the SOS button and your rucksack sort of flung away from you, but you've got your watch on your wrist, you can, if you've already paired the watch, which you would do in advance with your in-reach device, you can use the SOS button from the, the watch itself. So yes, there was an extra video at the end on using your, I used the Phoenix 7 as an example, but pairing it with an in-reach device. That's brilliant. So they're all there. I say, well, there's, th there's three there at the moment and every other week they'll be uploaded and then I'm embedding it within this one article. So you can see this article, if you just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, click on product reviews on the top, and then it's called using a Phoenix 7 4 dot, 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 dot. And you'll see all the videos in there. I've actually put uh, chapters in there so you can jump to specific areas on them. And over time, I say over the coming months, um, we'll be adding to those as, uh, as we upload those every other week. Next thing on this month's GPS training podcast what is going on with SatMap? This is a subject, Andy, we've kind of steered away from for a number of weeks, months? Yeah. Years, I would say. <laughs> but I've decided we need to approach this subject. So we're getting a large number of people asking us now, going, what is going on with SatMap? Often people have not even bought SatMaps from us who are emailing a SatMap and they're not hearing back from them. So I thought, okay, what is going on with SatMap? So, um, they're ceasing trading. Um, SatMap, sadly, you may know is a, a British GPS manufacturer um, and they've decided to stop manufacturing GPS units. I had a very productive meeting, I would say a year and a half ago now, with the um, then managing director of SatMap and they were looking for some investments to develop a new SatMap back to 1340. Um, and, and it was, yeah, it was quite exciting really. They were looking for development. They actually only just needed two million pounds. So it wasn't, I don't think that was an awful lot. No. Um, for what they were doing, but sadly they were unable to um, to to find uh, that 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 backer uh, behind them to to compete with this. So um, they can see they're continuing on. The nice thing about SatMap, they are actually um, owned by a parent company. I'm not going to say their name, but they're owned by a parent company who's continuing to um, support them and distribute them. They actually the distribution of the of the last uh, lot lot of units that they produced. But I thought I'd just answer a few questions um, that people have been asking us. Um, yeah, they may they may come back in the future. But um, people ask the question: um, What happens with warranty claims with SatMap? 
Um, I know for a fact, or we know for a fact, there are they've got a large number of. So I think the last production run, Andy, they they kept in house, didn't they? Do you know anything about this or not? Yeah, I, think I don't know how many they kept, but I know we were told, and it seems to be working certainly for our customers who've any. Not that we have many, but the customers who have had to come back to us um, within that first year, the year's warranty that you get and they've needed a unit replacing. I've not had an issue with, as long as we pass the details on the SatMap saying this is where the unit's coming from and this is when the customer bought it from us. They've been receiving new units, no problem with warranty claims. So it's like, I think any company that's going through this process, they've always got to keep back a number of units to make sure they've got enough to cover for warranty claims. Mm-hmm. And I saw the number, I can't remember off the top of my head, so I'm not going to say anything, but it was a lot. Like the last production run, they were going to keep solely for warranty claims. So they've got a large unit there. Now, over time, they may those may filter back onto the marketplace. The other question we're getting asked is Expedition 2. Um, Expedition 2 is, is, is their route planning software, and, and it's a subscription base. Um, so I, I honestly don't know what's going on. Uh, with that it's still there isn't it Andy yeah people are still paying for subscription and still got it I suppose it's whether even if they're not making products in the future does the parent company keep that going I potentially think no reason why not but I suppose we don't know Mm -hmm. but at the minute I suppose if anyone paid a subscription and they stopped it they would get a refund anyway you know and that's one of the reasons uh, going back to our first story our free route planning software when we kind of knew this was potentially happening you know again it gives us a stable base to teach route planning on going forward if anything does happen to expedition two i must just say also we're having daily communications with a parent company um who are managing things on a day by day basis and and again when we've had problem units or customers with problems we have got quite fast responses oh yeah there, the communication's we? good i can't fault that so despite them saying they're not making any units due to the shortage of parts and whatever's going on i'm still getting no problems with getting information from me contacts so Anyone who's bought from us who has got issues, they know I'm still getting back to them and we have managed to replace units under warranty with no issues, which is really nice to see. It just shows that, you know, despite what's happening, it's, it's, it's a good company, the way they're doing yeah. things, you know. Yeah, they've got, I say, they, the parent company is quite a big, a very big company in the outdoor sector, so actually they're still supporting. But I just, I, I brought this up because a number, I'd like literally three people this week email saying, have you got XYZ in stock? Like, yeah, we've got that in stock. And they're saying, oh, we've contacted SAPMAP, we've not heard anything back from them. So I don't, I, again, yeah. it might just be someone on holiday for two weeks. Yeah. Every course this. I do, customers are saying, why is there no stock? Why can't I buy anything yeah. anymore? Um, you know, because they're asking us why we haven't got any stock, why we had no active 20s for months now, mm. months and months. So that means on the final thing, which is, if you do have an active 20 and you want accessories, I would get some. So again, accessories like batteries, bungs, um, we've got them. They're not selling anything else wholesale uh, at the moment. So again, I I did approach them and said, how many batteries have you got left? They gave me a figure, which was a massive number. And I said, can I buy them? Can I buy them? They said, no, we're not selling wholesale anymore. So that's the reality of it. Now, I know this week we have sold loads of bungs, SatMap Active 20 bungs. And when I went onto the SatMap website, they've got none. That's the little rubber, the, little the replacement rub- covers yeah. that go on the USB. So I know we've still got loads of those. Yeah, we've still got a lot of those. Uh, we've got the battery, the AA battery adapters and things like that. So Quad lock accessories. Quad lock accessories, the back plates uh, and these kind of things. So again, if you have got a SatMap and you're looking for supplies, I would do this sooner rather than later. Because again, 
I don't know if they're going to re replace those uh, when when they when they when they run out. So really, the question is: Are we going to get any more units and accessories in? Units unsure. I still we still very much like sat maps, and if sat map approaches and says we've got thirty units, forty units, we would buy the whole lot. No, we're not scared of buying them because they're good units. Um, we do set them up beforehand, so again we do that quality check, and 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 that's worked very well for us in the past. So we we may get them in the in the future. We may not accessories. Answers no, unless they produce any more. Again, I approached them about accessories and they said, we're not selling any wholesale accessories. We're gonna keep what we've got and sell them direct to customer. Again, I see some things are running on the website, so I don't know what they're doing there. So that's quite, it's quite a sad story. We, we've, we've always supported SatMap. SatMap have always been very, very good to us uh, as a business. Um, they've always communicated very well with our with us. We've, we've, we've respected that and not really said anything. They've not publicly said anything about uh, what is going on uh, but again when people have gone to the website they've kind of put two and two together and, and come up with uh, four and that's kind of why we've kind of decided publicly uh, to say something about it so if you do want to look for satmap accessories to go to our website which is gpstraining.co.uk click on the gps store and then it's just under accessories have i missed anything there andy have I, have we no kind of i think in that's the... everything and which is, you know things might suddenly change but at the minute you know you can see there's nothing available and we can't get anything in and that's the impression we've got and mm -hmm. we've just got to wait and see but i know customers are saying they're not getting replies and you know they're not able to you know people who want new units or if you've got a unit that's a couple of years old you kind of get i've got a customer who asked me on the course on the weekend a unit that it was a few years old it was one of the early ones and he's damaged it and it needs repairing but they've told me he's been told sorry on email they're not doing any repairs now so it's mm -hmm. so sad but you know if things change of course we'll let people know fantastic The next thing on this month's GPS Train podcast is Andy's top tips. So, Andy, we discussed it last month, the maps, map updates on the Montana. You've been busy today creating videos, taking people through what they should be doing. Yep. So, on if you own a Montana 700, 700i or 750i, you'll know they come preloaded with Topo Active Europe maps. And if you've got the i versions, they come with the City Navigator maps. Garmin have been updating these maps over the last, I would say, last six months with some big updates that mean when you try to do the update on your units, if you do want to update the maps to the latest version, you'll get a message saying not enough memory on your unit and you end up with problems where the half update, the half download, you end up with missing maps. Garmin have listened to this and what they've done on the last software update on the Montana units themselves. This is a firmware update 13.20, top of my head. You'll now find on your Montana unit under setup and maps, instead of configure maps, it actually says map manager. And that's linked to the program called Garmin Express that you normally use to update your maps from. So what would happen in the past, you'd decide you wanted to update your maps to the latest version you'd open up this software called Garmin Express on your Windows or Mac computer and say check for updates updates available Ah, oh, they're too big for the unit what they've now done which I've shown in the videos that have just been updated on the online training course that you get free for a year from us if you buy a unit from us or you can purchase separately as one of our support packages the new videos show you how you use the map manager um, map products and you look at various regions and say well actually I don't need all of Europe I'm just going to update this Western Europe or this smaller area on the city navigator and put those on your unit and then they go on the unit without you having to buy a separate map card and then if you decide you're going somewhere else you can go back onto Garmin Express and change what you want and what maps you want updated 
on the unit so it makes it a lot better unfortunately it's only for the montana 700 750 range at the minute i know we sell other units that have preloaded maps where we have the same issue and you do need a separate map uh, micro sd card but at least for the montana at the moment we've got that new feature you would think as well that it's, they're going to roll that across the whole the whole platform aren't they i it's, hope it's... so i don't know um but it's where you know if you've got the montana 700 series and of course if you bought it from us you've got the online training course and you'll see under uh, under the Garmin devices, Montana 700 in Module 1, Unit 3 is the Windows video, and Unit 4 in Module 1 is the Mac video, where we've just updated them to show this new way of updating the maps on the Montana range. Very good. Next top tip kind of follows on for the magnetic bracelets and Apple Watch scenario, isn't it? Yeah, so my second tip is just a reminder again. I'll start with the Garmin units first. Your Garmin units have an electronic compass. Um, or if you've got the unit, sorry, with the electronic compass, it's only really the E-Trex 10s and the E-Trex 22s that we sell that don't have an electronic compass. When you're standing still, it's the electronic compass that helps your um, map line up. On your touchscreen units, when you're on the compass screen, you've got the three bars at the bottom of the screen, or you swipe up from the bottom of your screen to get the three bars, and you've got calibrate compass, and you follow the instructions on screen. If you've got a push button unit with an electronic compass, when you're on your compass screen, you press your menu button once and select the option calibrate compass, follow the on-screen instructions. So if you have suddenly realised your device is playing up and you think, ah, I have had it next to a magnetic bracelet or something like an Apple Watch. There's other things I've known in the past, someone walks under some pylons. Just anything you think when you're standing still, the map isn't quite lining up, go and calibrate your compass. And the best tip I'm going to give you, because I get this quite often on courses, when you're following the instructions on screen to calibrate the compass, just pause a little bit before you start, because I know if literally you start straight away, turning the unit round in the direction shown, um, you start too fast, it'll say it just doesn't start the calibration. So I normally pause for just a couple of seconds, follow the instructions. When you get to the third process on a Garmin, it shows you turning the unit either away from you or towards you. If you find that fails, when you try it a second time, you do something you have to do it a second time, just turn it in the opposite direction to what you did the first time. So that's on your Garmin, and exactly the same for a sat map. Um, the main thing with a sat map, different to the Garmin, the Garmin units we say calibrate your compass, of course, if something like this has happened, or if you've moved more than 100 miles since you last did it, or you've changed batteries if you've got that type of unit. With a sat map unit, they tell you to calibrate the compass every single time you turn your unit on, you go to the compass screen, and it's that little icon that looks like a curly back arrow, you press that, and you follow the on-screen instructions. So you do it every time on a sat map. But if you're out walking and suddenly the map doesn't seem to be lining up, just calibrate it again. It may be you've had an Apple Watch, a magnetic bracelet, or something nearby that's interfered. Very good. So two very uh, yeah, good top tips there. Just thanks for those, thanks for those Andy. To find out more top tips, please do sign up to the GPS Training online resource pack full of videos. Go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and click on online resource on the top menu bar. And finally, many thanks for listening to this month's GPS training podcast. Very much appreciated. Also, if there's any subjects you'd like to cover in future podcasts, please do get in touch. And please do get in touch with ourselves if you're thinking about buying a new GPS unit. I must say at this point is... I really mean this wholeheartedly. Thank you so much for all your support, guys. I really do appreciate it. We've actually got record sales at the moment of GPS units. So when we keep reading all this bad news or seeing the bad news on the television, um, we can seem completely opposite. So I think we've kind of 
built something quite unique with GPS training and um, people coming on courses, people buying the units of us and I really do appreciate that support and I know that all comes uh, from the hard work of the staff here so that's also very much appreciated. Please do get in touch if you're thinking about coming on of our GPS training courses, both our physical courses or alternatively our online training courses and if you can tell a friend about GPS training and the podcast uh, that is also very much appreciated and please do give us a five star rating on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you're listening to so andy you're about to start your sabbatical i am yeah andy how have you managed to get all your holidays mustered together so you can have a month off work uh, just about yeah <laughs> i've done a few courses back to back without taking the time back i suppose but yeah no it's a big i've not had a break like this before it's a celebration of a family member's big birthday so we've got that and uh, i will be not forgetting about gps's because i'll be out there running walking recording stuff on my gps and probably getting a few tips for the next podcast and tips in general for customers you're gonna get bored andy i guarantee you're gonna get bored four weeks without work Uh, it's gonna destroy i'll find plenty to do (laughs) i'll find plenty to do so andy's having august off so our next podcast we'll just discuss before we sign might be a few days later because you only come back at the start of september um so it'll be one or two days late uh, for that i'll be using the i mean phoenix 7 and that I've got and my GPS device in all when I'm away and it's always good to go away and I've, I've got lots of walks and runs planned um, in between the relaxing so it'll be good you know sometimes you just pick up new things and discover new things like certainly on the watch I'm learning things all the time so there might be a few new tips and advice on using the Phoenix watch very good brilliant so have a great holiday and thank you everybody for joining me oh thank you everybody for listening to this latest GPS training podcast Thanks for listening to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation.